December 16th, it's the year of our Lord, 2022. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts and Brother Charles.
little drummer boy right there. That's our little drummer boy right there. Mm, he ain't so little anymore, is he? Nope. Not so little. All right, happy Friday, everybody. <sighs> Glad you're here. All right, we're gonna jump right into the Bible. You know, we've been having some fun. Tell you something new that's that's happening with the Nesbits. It's a little bit new. We got asked to uh, uh, do soundtracks. So day before yesterday, I guess Wednesday, and then today uh, we're doing studio work. So we're going to Franklin, uh, Nashville, Franklin, right outside of Nashville. And anyway, we get to do some studio work uh, for soundtracks for a movie. So they're not. Christian songs, but they're not bad songs. It's all clean stuff, fun stuff to sing for the soundtracks for a movie. So that's that's kind of fun, and uh, so we get to go do that again today. That's that's some fun work. We always enjoy working in studios. That's good. Thank you for being here. We're going to jump in. I imagine everybody is ready to go. We are in Revelation chapter 17. And what we want to remember is the context. Uh, Y'all check your phones too. Maybe look at. Well, I mean. Is anybody else having that problem besides me and Daryl? I don't know. Let me check. Yeah. It's fuzzy. Yeah, but it's clear as a picture here. It's very clear here. Sorry, guys. Well, we can still hear you. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, I, I'm telling you, there, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what goes on with these things. Anyway, we're on there. Sorry. Uh, where was I at? Um, <laughs> you were just okay, the subject is, remember the subject. We're in Chapter 17. The subject is... I will show you the judgment of the great harlot. Now, if you get in your mind that the great harlot, if you understand the great harlot as world religion and the beast as world government, then it really helps you understand with these images. Now, I did find an image that I could throw in here, big old ugly image of a woman riding a beast here. Uh, there's purple in the start. You see the beast there in on water. So... Uh, excuse me. There we go. So he sees this image of this woman riding. Now, what we have proposed is this woman is what we call a false religion. It is a false religious system. And uh, being female, being a woman, that's what... So, so to say this... Uh, a pure wife or a pure virgin would be dedicated to one man, one husband, right? To where the harlot, the prostitute, will be with anyone for gain, for money. This is the imagery that's used for religion. Think of it like this. God created the world. He created human beings. He created all of us 
But yet some have turned and said, yeah, we don't really want you. We'll make up our own gods, thank you. And they have many gods. Uh, if you think about the time period that we're in, the Roman Empire, one of the easy ways to remember the multitude of gods, I guess there were 12 main gods in the Roman Empire. But one of the ways you can remember uh, this false religion, at least this is what I teach people, a good way to remember it, it's just the names of the days of the week. The, the reality, and these gods translated, whether they're the Greco-Roman, they translated also into uh, the Nordic gods. So, you know, Sunday, S-U-N-D-A-Y, that's for the sun, of course. Monday is for the moon. Tuesday uh, was Mars. So in, in the Nordic realm became Tyr, T-Y-R. I'm not sure how you say that. But then that's Tuesday. Mercury, which was a god of the Roman Empire in Nordic times, became Odin. This is Wednesday. That's the day named for Odin uh, or Mercury. Jupiter, which is one of the greatest gods in the Roman Empire, uh, became uh, Thor. They're making movies now about Thor because this, this, the popularity of the thought of all these gods is extremely popular again today. That's Thursday. And then, of course, Friday would be uh, Venus in the Roman Empire, which uh, became Fridge, uh, is Friday. So, and Saturday, you know, Saturn. These these days, the names of the days of week just reveal, that's one way to always know the history of the multiplicity of gods. Of course, we have other gods in the Roman Empire that you know throughout your scripture. You know, Diana was worshipped. Remember Diana, the goddess Diana. Apollo was worshipped in every time. So that is a, a, a great way to understand this because the Roman Empire is political, but yet there's a religious system that rides on the political. Okay, if that, and that helps us to understand. So today we're just going to go, I'm going to start with verse 7 because now we're going to talk about the meaning of the beast. And when we get to verse 9, it's really going to help us understand and put how we understand this, put this in perspective. So let's just, let's take up with verse 7 today in our Bible reading. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel? Because he marveled when he seen this woman riding this beast. So the angel says, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery. So when he's telling us the mystery, he's helping us, he's explaining this vision. I'm going to tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not. Now think about this, was and is not. And we're going to learn that the beast, this is a vision, this is an image, and the beast is the eighth. You must keep that in your mind for this to make sense. We'll get to that in a moment. But the beast that you saw was and is not. That's important because what is at the time of the writing of this is the Roman Empire, okay? This will help you. This will help us. The beast that you saw was and is not will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. Those who dwell on earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life. The people, those whose names are written in the book of life they're going to understand. They're going to be wise. They're going to know what's going on, okay? 
But the ones who's not written in the book of life is going to marvel at this from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast that was not, that was and is not, and yet is. So, so John is receiving this vision and the angel saying, I'm going to explain you this beast that the woman is riding. It was, it is not present, but it's coming. And the world is going to marvel after this beast. This is amazing. Babylon, the great. Anyway, verse 9. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And the person goes, okay, is this the seven mountains of Rome? This is what some people have espoused. Is this the seven mountains of Rome? Well, you may want to interpret it that way, but... The text won't let us definitely interpret it that way. Listen to what it says. Seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Now look at this. Five have fallen, one is. So if we're talking about seven mountains in the present, how, what's it mean? What, what's he talking about? Five have fallen and one is. And this is a place where most everybody agrees that you can read on this. The majority of people agree. Uh, Bible prophecy scholars agree here. Five have fallen and one is. What is the one that is? This helps us understand. If we understand a political system, beast system, that has a religious prostitute system riding on its back that's international, that is over kings, that is over nations, and one of these is at present when he's writing this, that gives us the key to understanding the rest of them. The one that is is the Roman Empire. Now, next it says, the other is not yet come. So five have fallen, one, two, three, four, five. One is Roman. One is not yet come. That's going to be the seventh. Okay, so let's keep going. When he comes, he must continue a short time. Now look at this. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth. So there's seven heads, but the beast he's looking at is the eighth. Okay, now check this out. And is one of the seven and goes into perdition. Now, to me, this really helps us. So generally, it's been understood like this. What are the nations on earth that enslaved or oppressed or ruled over God's holy land? The land that God says that he's put his name there. Over the people of God and over the land of God where God says, this is my place. This is my land. This is where I chose to put my name. You know, Jerusalem... Uh, is where God put his name. That's where he put his name. He's the one who chose it, right? And so it generally is thought of like this, and I, I, I have not understood anything better, so I agree with this. Egypt, Egypt, Assyria, okay? Two of them. Babylon, now they're not in the great power. Babylon then, okay? Then Media Persia. Then Greece. What come after Greece? Rome. Number six. One is. 
It's ruling over not only the people of God, but the land of God. They, they're oppressing God. One is coming after that, that the seven. Now, the Roman Empire uh, just kept going until it started falling apart, right? But in the 300s, Constantine, the emperor, declares to be a Christian. I'm not saying he ever really became a Christian, but he declares himself to be a Christian. And before the year 400, Christianity becomes the legal religion of the Roman Empire. And that shifted the world right there. So it continued, actually, as the Holy Roman Empire, as it continued on. But then what happened? There was a seventh that came and took over that land. And you can study about it in history. You can actually watch. They, they put out a movie called uh, The Kingdom of Heaven, talking about some of the wars. Well, in the 600s and 700s, Islam came and took over and, and waged war. I believe Islam is the seventh. Okay? So when I read the beast that you saw was and is not, okay, but yet is, so spiritually it is, and it's one of the seven, or it just says it is of the seven. And let's read this. It says it is of the seven. Now, this is my own personal view. I believe the end-time governmental structure that the woman, the harlot, is going to ride on, and, and as I say, world governments can't come to power without some kind of religious system bring, because people are religious. And it is inevitable. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not inevitable. It is inevitable. It's, I mean, it's going to happen. On the world scene, it has to happen. The world religion has to happen for the world government to come into power. There's just too many religions. And now a video I was wanting to show you today, and I cannot get it to work to where I can show it to you. So I'm going to encourage you to look it up on your own. Go to YouTube and punch into your search bar on YouTube, okay? Get your pen out. Write this down. Punch in the Pope video 2016. The Pope video 2016, and it's going to bring up some videos. This is a video put out by the Pope in 2016. It was several years ago, and it's talking about interfaith dialogue and I just showed Charles this. He had never seen it. I just showed him the video. It's a minute and 30 seconds. And it really is pushing. Uh, the Pope says, you know, many people meet God in different ways. But here, here's, here's the truth. We're all the children of God. We're all God's children. Regardless of which way you came. And it's got Buddhists and Jews and Muslims and Christians all saying, well, I believe in Allah, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Buddha, I be all of this. And then at the end, they're all saying, I believe in love, I believe in love, I believe in love. So this has been, I've been keeping up with this since the middle of the 90s. This is when I, when I first started looking at the one world religion, the world religion uh, that meets, I think it meets every three years, they come together to talk about these things. And they've been building this interfaith dialogue, but what it's moving to and where it's going to move to is uh, a suppression of those who says there's only one way. Does that make sense? There's, there's got, it's inevitable. 
you can't say there's only one way. Now we've got to say there's all these ways to God, right? So look up that video and you watch it if you haven't seen it. You did post the link. Oh, thanks. And it'll be the one also that says it's a visual, you know. So let's go on. That helps us to understand now the rest of this. Now, if we can grasp the beast is the eighth, it's of the seven, right? And like I said, the spirit behind the beast is Babylon. The spirit behind the harlot is Babylon. It's Babylon the great, right? Now let's go forward, verse 12. This is, this is interesting. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as of yet. This has nothing to do with the Roman Empire of John's day. The ten horns are ten kings. They're ten rulers. They haven't received any power yet. Okay, but they receive authority for a short period of time. The scripture says one hour as kings with the beast. So when the beast comes to power, there's a coalition of 10 regions, 10 kingdoms that form together. And everybody sees this. This, this is not anything new. And they all get have authority and power for a period of time with the beast. Now remember, the beast is the eighth. And and always keep in your mind that 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, the man of sin opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he, as God, sits in the temple of God claiming himself to be God. This means he exalts himself above all religions, which means he exalts himself over the whore, the harlot, Babylon, which is going to cause, this is part of the judgment that God is sending to Babylon. This is, this is wild. Watch this. Verse 13. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. To the beast. Now, when we say to the beast, we're talking about the beast that John is seeing. It is the eighth. It's not the sixth. It's not the seventh. It's the eighth. The one you saw is the eighth. It's of the seven. And in Brother Scott's opinion, it's a coalition of all of those. That's in my opinion. With the spiritual name, you know, the fallen spiritual name of Babylon, actually. It's that mind power. It goes all the way back to Genesis, that thought power. Now it says, verse 14, check this out. Look at this. Verse 14, these 10 kings will make war with the lamb. Who's the lamb? Who is the lamb? Christ. Christ, Jesus. They're not just at this time. So now we're going, they're making war with the lamb. The lamb is coming. They're making war with the lamb. This is the battle, the great battle of Armageddon, the end time battle. The Lamb will overcome them. Why? For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. He's the real king. He's the true king. He is the creator. He is God in the flesh. And those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Verse 15. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, tongues. 
world religion. Tongues, that means languages. Tongues, nations, plural. Multitudes, plural. Verse 16. Check this out. The ten horns which you saw on the beast, the eighth, they all give their authority. They give their authority. To say they give their authority means we're giving our armies to the beast. The, the one who has risen now, we're going in league with him. The beast. These, now this is interesting. This has always blown me away. These will hate the harlot. Make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. So when we understand the world religious system, it says all roads lead to God. But now you're looking at an end time system where this dude says, no, I'm God. Bow down to me and causes people to receive the mark, right? The mark of the beast. You bow to him or you don't. Ten kings will give their authority. For, now look, check out verse 17. We're almost done, guys. Verse 17. For God, the one true God, has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose. This is amazing. God's judgment against the whore, this harlot, who has caused all these nations to sin and fall away from God, God puts it in the heart of the ten kings who have brought their coalition to the beast. He puts it in their heart to hate her and burn her with fire. Wow. Can you say God is sovereign? God is sovereign. <laughs> Amen. To fulfill his purpose to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. It's all coming together. So this end time for the for the for the structure to get in, you gotta have a world religious system that says always lead to God. But then once that is in place, safety, safety, safety. Well, no, no, no. Now the beast is gonna rise. The sock puppet of the enemy himself. There's gonna this be this coalition of nations that give all their strength to him. And it is amazing. And we'll go ahead and finish it. Until the words of God are fulfilled, verse 18, the, women, the woman which you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. That great city, that apostate harlot city. And so they're so intertwined there. Well, I hope this made some sense. I don't know how to explain it any, clean, uh, any clearer. That's the only way I know to explain it. But it's the way it makes sense in my mind. This is how I can understand it in my mind. These false religion has to be there for the world system, political system to come to be. Has to have it. Has to have it. But in the end time, when Satan exalts himself and you have that unholy trinity, then you're going to have people give their authority and power to this beast, take his mark, become come in allegiance to him, and then things are going to change. And they're going to say, no, you can't just worship any way you want to. Now you worship the beast. You take his mark or you do not participate in the world economy. All right. Verse 18 next week. We'll get into uh, chapter 18 next week. I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. I love to read your comments. So if you ever think about it, if you think, I wonder if I'll leave a comment, please do. Please leave a comment. Uh, 
I love to read them. I really do. I love to read them. Thank you for being here. Let's, uh, yep. Yeah, anybody around close, we will be having a special service this Sunday. We'll be celebrating not only the light of the world that, uh, of course, Hanukkah, the, the light of Hanukkah, the light of Jesus, most importantly, but also as a church in that community, we're celebrating 200 years of light being in that community as well. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about, I'm, I'm preparing a sermon on, you know, just how important it is for light to be in a community and what happens if that light is not or is no longer shining in a community. So come out and be with us at Providence. Tomorrow, of course, we will be at the Upper Room. We should be live tomorrow, so you, you guys should be able to tune in. And we'll be singing, and I don't know what I'll do or not do, but Brother Charles will be bringing a message tomorrow. So tune in listen to Brother Charles preach tomorrow. I uh, love Love for you to be there and hear Brother Charles bring a word. He is a wonderful preacher, and I love, I love to listen to him preach personally. So I know he's been studying and praying all week, and I'm looking forward to what God has given him to share with us. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together, can we? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for being here this morning. Lord willing, we'll see you next week right here, or you'll see me on daybreak. Bye, guys.